Hey, good morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Uh, today, I'm very pleased and honored to have with me as my guest, Alan Mendelson, who's one of the senior partners at Latham & Watkins. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate it. So, Alan, let me start by asking you, you've obviously had a legendary va- career in Silicon Valley. Tell me a little bit of how you even got started in the Valley, how you got started with startups, and particularly in your case, how you got started with life, a life science focus. Sure. I, I don't know about legendary, but I appreciate the introduction. Uh, <laughs> So I, um, uh, uh, when I came back from law school, um, I wanted to just come back to San Francisco where I grew up and uh, worked in the Cooley San Francisco office, which of course at that time was only a San Francisco law firm. Uh, but I uh, began doing work down here, um, uh, particularly with a uh, computer company called Forface Systems. And, and um, I quickly saw that if Cooley or any of the San Francisco firms were going to compete with Wilson Sonsini, and in those days, I guess it was called uh, We're in Friedenrich and a few others, uh, that being physically located down here was essential. So uh, several of us um, um, in around 1980 began pushing to open a, a Silicon Valley office, and uh, Cooley did that in uh, Right after I became a partner, actually, um, I'm not sure there was a correlation, but uh, <laughs> but but in any event, um, we opened an office, and I moved down here uh, um, uh, physically uh, in uh, 1980, and uh, and have been down here ever since. And um, when did you so when did you start really focusing? You mentioned the, the computer company. When uh, did you start really focusing. Uh, yeah, on I mean it. it uh, it it four, four phase was sort of the big introduction. I also had a, a startup uh, container leasing company where I was the junior associate, and and both four phase and Transocean. I mean, I was the peon when I started. Uh, if you and and but grew up and uh, became the partner in charge of those clients as time went on, and the process of of working with entrepreneurs and growing a company and building relationships over a long term uh, really did appeal to me and and uh, so while I've done other things representing for example investment banks or venture capitalists which are interesting and challenging as well uh, I uh, really found my calling in representing companies and uh, that means um, the board of directors the shareholders the management team and uh, and, and in fact that uh, implies that you have to navigate through all those different constituencies as you progress. But um, so, so starting, you know, when I was in San Francisco um, at a time when Silicon Valley was uh, not uh, uh, completely, uh, uh, you know, in the in the dark, if you will, dark ages. But it was it was still pretty early, and uh, but I could see that it was going to change, and, and I wanted to be part of it. So when did you start really getting into life sciences? I know you've built an incredible... Well, life sciences is... Uh, uh, I, um, uh, yeah, it, sometimes in life you get lucky, and in my case, um, uh, that was, was clearly the case. Um, in, in April 1980, uh, I was still in San Francisco, and uh, two gentlemen um, who were... Um, one of whom was good friends with Ed Huddleston, who was the senior partner at, at Cooley, uh, came in and talked to him about uh, whether or not there was room for one more biotech company um, in the world. And uh, that was when there was basically five or six of any consequence. Um, and um, and um, 
Uh, I didn't attend the meeting, but uh, Ed Huddleston came down to my office. I've joked over the years that I was the only young partner who didn't go out to lunch that day. That's why I got it instead of somebody else. But in any event, Ed gave me a yellow piece of paper, said, go incorporate this company. And that company was Amgen. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that changed my life. Um, I didn't realize it was changing my life. Um, uh, for me, it was just, you know, it was an assignment. It was a startup company. Uh, um, but it did. And um, and then uh, Ed, again, uh, about a year later, um, uh, had a uh, startup medical device company um, that uh, he wanted me to take over. And um, and they just uh, were about to do their first venture financing, and I worked on that. And that company was Accuson, which uh, was an, a medical device or ultrasound uh, company. And so by um, <clears throat> early 1982, I had... This, uh, this emerging biotech company, Amgen, and Accusan, a medical device company, and and um, suddenly I was a life sciences lawyer, uh, you know, uh, not realizing that I was uh, going to be one. Uh, and uh, those two companies really drove um, my the future of my life, actually. Yeah. Well, what did you like about the life sciences? Is there something particular about it? That yeah, really, I, I think it, 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 no, no, it's no, it, no, it's it's there is clearly a difference, and. You know, everyone who starts a company, you know, is hoping to be successful. How do you define success? Well, you know, and in, in, everyone wants to make a, a bit of money. Certainly, you want, you want uh, stature and prestige and so forth. But but the people in life sciences, um, uh, you know, that I've worked with at least, um, their their first priority is is patience, mm-hmm. doing something to improve the lot of patients, whether it's in the area of therapeutics, uh, which would have been Amgen's focus, or um, uh, with Accusan and diagnostic tool that, uh, uh, you know, help uh, physicians, you know, diagnose uh, particular diseases and, and, and so forth. And, and, and so, uh, you know, that's the thing that really appealed to me, um, uh, because they're doing something more. And, and over the years, um, you know, I've had um, not a lot, but I've had a number of of, uh, of uh, friends, relatives who have had um, certain issues, uh, medical issues, and and they've benefited from Amgen's drugs or from Accusan's uh, 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 diagnostic tools, and 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 so when you see the impact on on uh, others, um, it just reinforces that that feeling that you're doing something that. Yes, it's um, fun. It's interesting. It's challenging. Yes, you can have a good career uh, and success, but there's there's something a little bit beyond, um, you know, just the run of the mill uh, uh, for me. And and so as time has gone on, um, while I occasionally do other things, um, I'm basically, as you note, uh, a life sciences lawyer. And now, I, do you feel like you've learned a lot about the sciences throughout the years? I mean, you know, I assume you, you weren't a scientist by training. No, I'm. A, I well, I a joke lot. about it. I. I did take science at Berkeley, poli sci, uh, <laughs> which means that um, you know I'm not smart enough to be able to truly understand the science. So I joke that you know my knowledge uh, is a mile wide and an inch deep. Um, I wish I um, had a better grounding, to be honest. Uh, you know, if I knew what I was going to wind up doing, I would have done more at Berkeley and in the sciences <laughs> than I did. Um, but yeah, I think what I, I, I wouldn't pretend to understand the science very much, but what I, I think I have uh, been able to do over the years is, is get a sense of how you build a, an, an emerging life science company. Um, and um, that 
uh, regardless of the science. Regardless of the science, I mean, yeah. you have to have some basic understanding, yeah. Yeah. and 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 certainly when I meet with a new client, I mean, that's the first thing we go over is, you know, what it is they're trying to accomplish scientifically, and you know, and I I think I have enough sense of things to to understand that they're trying to do something unique or interesting um, um, to improve the human condition, uh, but. Um, but I, but I wish I, I wish I had a better grounding, to be honest. Uh, and um, uh, but but um, so, so I, but it, 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 to your question, it, it, it's one of the things in life is you, you know, that makes uh, for me the practice not boring and still challenging, interesting is in fact that scientifically I'm always learning something. And and so if you uh, if you're just knocking off the same. You know, deal terms. You know, for the fourteenth uh, time. Uh, you know, and there's not much difference. And um, with the experience, well, then maybe you get bored. But I've never gotten bored because, you know, I have people in the oncology space and neuroscience and and uh, gene therapy and 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 in any number of areas. Uh, and and so I'm always learning something, uh, both scientifically and and uh, in terms of the different challenges these companies face. Now you've obviously had a very successful career at Latham. Tell me a little about. You said you mentioned you started your career at Cooley, yeah. obviously a great firm. What was the reason for you coming over to Latham? And well, it uh, uh, it's now been uh, uh, almost. Um, uh, 17 years that I've been here at Latham. Um, as long as you were at Cooley now, or is it? No, I was at Cooley for 27 years, oh, okay. uh, from 1973 to 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably, um, uh, I, I never thought I'd leave, to be honest. Um, if you recall, um, the 1998, roughly near the end of 1998 through uh, 2000, was a um, uh, a difficult time for law firms here in the valley. Yeah, uh, I remember. Um, we had the first internet bubble. It was clearly a bubble, um, and the um, the lot of there were every firm was under siege in different ways. Uh, you know, associates were leaving right and left. Work kept pouring in, um, and uh, <clears throat> the um, I guess to, to sum it up in in, in shorthand is uh, uh, I had a sense that it was going to the bubble was going to pop. I, I advocate a certain uh, uh, things that I thought the Cooley firm should do. Um, I uh, was not in the majority in that perspective, um, and uh, so after uh, and, and 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 frankly, it was it was it was a large measure that those who were um, emerging at that firm, which is a great firm as you note, um, were more focused on. Uh, on the internet and and, uh, and and social media companies and so forth and life sciences was viewed as a bit passe mm. um, and uh, and so I felt that uh, um, I, I wasn't uh, my, my practice was not as appreciated if you will uh, as it could have been I didn't like that very much to be honest um, and I felt that I was probably better off going someplace else. So we've well, obviously had a very successful career at Latham. Tell me, um, of all the things that you do advising companies, is there one particular thing that you is your favorite part of it, either in the stage of the company or the kinds of advice you give? What what is kind of some of your favorite um, things that you enjoy? Well, the favorite part is 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 when companies achieve a certain milestone. I, I mean, I remember um, when Amgen's first product was approved in uh, nineteen. 89, um, Epigen, uh, it's a product to, um, 
the, <clears throat> the focus was kidney dialysis patients. Uh, when your kidneys fail, you, your the, the the hormone erythropoietin that's produced in the kidneys. There's no kidneys, so you don't you don't uh, you don't get the hormone produced, and you're you're chronically anemic. Um, and um, and at the time, you know that was uh, you know from the time Amgen really got funded to approval was was uh, eight or nine years, which by today's standards was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I, I now realize, but it seemed like a long time. And I, I remember, um, we, you know, we had a sense it was the approval was coming, and. Uh, and I remember driving to the office that morning, and uh, a stockbroker called me and told me that uh, he just saw on the wire that Epigen had approved. And I, in the middle of El Camino, I started crying. Um, I mean, the I mean, because it was identified so highly with the company, and and the fact that they could achieve this milestone, it was incredibly momentous. So the, the, my favorite moments are when, you know, companies get products approved. Um, uh, in terms of, uh, ex, you know, challenging experiences and uh, what's fun, I would say, again, helping companies to finance, uh, you know, particularly in the biotech space, but even in devices, the, the in diagnostics, the, the capital needs are so enormous that, you um, you have to keep going back to the well. It's 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 again. That's not like a uh, an app where you can you know mm-hmm. you know do it pretty quickly, start selling, and you know you don't have to worry about investors too much. Um, in in life sciences, you're constantly worrying about whether you got enough cash for the next uh, twelve months or so. And so, getting those financings done, whether they're venture financings or oddball financings or IPOs and or follow-on offerings. I, I think I, I always feel um, a great deal of satisfaction when I have a company that's achieved that and we've contributed to that. Now you've obviously had a great career uh, advising companies and being the outside counsel. Have you, have you ever thought or did you ever think about another career, venture capitalist, or being the general counsel of one uh, of these companies? Uh, um, well, um, in fact, uh, <laughs> uh, it's interesting you ask that question because um, in... Um, uh, 1990-91, I did serve as the acting general counsel at Amgen for uh, mm. for a year. Uh, it was supposed to be a one or two month assignment, um, and uh, the then CEO Gordon Binder kept stalling me when I would go to his office and say, "When, when are we going to start a search for the successor?" and uh, and then he formally made me an offer to uh, to uh, stay and be the permanent general counsel. Um, and I would tell you that um, at that time, Amgen was a much smaller company. It was, I think, maybe a couple hundred people at that point, so it was still pretty small. Um, I would uh, do a commute every Monday morning, uh, six forty flight, uh, you know, from San Jose to Burbank, and then have to uh, rent a car and drive out to Thousand Oaks, which was not uh, that short a drive. And and but I'd walk in at nine o'clock, and I was pumped. I mean, it was. And 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 nine, the nine o'clock was a, a Monday morning was the meeting of the management committee which I was on, um, and um, so I really did think about uh, leaving law practice and becoming the general counsel. If Amgen were uh, maybe not in Thousand Oaks, you know, because I'm a Bay Area person, if I didn't have some personal things in my life that were also came up at the same time, maybe that would have driven me to do it. Um, but I would also tell you that. Um, I knew that I'd have to give up 
all these other clients that I had, there were, as we've already discussed, the smaller emerging companies. And, and I like the variety of that. I mean, every CEO is different. Every board's different. I mean, uh, if you're the general counsel, you got one boss, one CEO, and that's it. And I did have a lot of respect for Gordon Binder, but, but, um, I, I just thought I would miss that. Um, I later served um, as the acting general counsel at a uh, a, a computer or a design automation company, uh, Cadence Design Systems, um, um, for about four, uh, about six months, I guess, seven months. Um, that one I didn't really think much about at all. Um, but but back to your question, um, when I uh, I already alluded to it, when I was to leave Cooley, um, you know. Uh, as I said, I never thought I'd ever leave Cooley. Um, so I did think briefly, you know, should I go into investment banking? Should I mm-hmm. be venture capital? And then I decided um, that w- one of the things that I'm hopefully good at is recognizing my strengths and my limitations. And, uh, you know, and I I think I'm a decent lawyer. I don't think I would have been a very good venture capitalist or investment banker or, or uh and as I already said, I didn't. The notion of just one client didn't uh, really appeal to me. So, um, so uh, you know, I've I, I'm maybe a rarity in today's world with the, the, the millennial generation. You know, I I uh, I love being in a law firm. I like the variety of clients. Uh, I, I like the experience of dealing with different partners in different areas and and so forth. And uh, so um, uh, for me, it, while I did think about it, you know, that one particular time in 1990-91 it's really been you know straight ahead you know for for, uh, and keep doing what I've been doing so well Alan it's been a fascinating conversation I really appreciate your taking the time if you do end up deciding to do something else you have to come back and tell me about it well, uh, at this stage of my career, given my advancing age, the uh, all, I, all I'm focused on is uh, continuing to be productive so uh, my partners here won't kick me out. Um, I'm, again, maybe a rarity. I love what I do. As you can hopefully tell, I'm passionate about it. I don't want to retire. And um, so uh, uh, the, al- the alternative for me is, you know... Uh, is retirement, and I'm not ready for that. So, uh, I, 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 my guess is this is our last interview, if if that's the criteria. So, thank you. All right. Well, hopefully not. This is Richard Chu and Alan Mendelson. Thanks. All right. Thanks.